0: Welcome to Reforming Slavics today with Nick and Tom. Uh, we are talking about prophecy today and the dynamics that kind of flow through the charismatic church, the Russian church and the Slavic church where we come from and their perspective on it. And then um, we could dive into some cessationists and how they view prophecy. Just the, the different views on it I think is really important to discuss. And a lot of times people get bogged down in their specific theories of what prophecy are and that determines the attitude they see throughout the rest of Christianity and really don't have a full formed or a well formed view of what prophecy is yeah let's get into it yeah Um in the passages that I primarily read was in Corinthians and Paul writes about how there are multiple gifts and how there is an almost like a hierarchy, but not necessarily a hierarchy of gifts, in Corinthians, I believe it was fourteen. He says, "Well, I would like, you know, everyone to speaking tongues, but more so the interpretation of tongues is more important. And then finally, I would, you know, I would desire that all you, all of you may prophesy." Yeah. And so Paul concludes that prophecy is something not. That should just be acknowledged as a Christian in regards to it existing, but earnestly sought after. There should be a um, desire to pursue this thing, as though there is actual value found in the gift of prophecy. Um, a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, even those who acknowledge this the continuation of the gifts uh, would say, yeah, prophecy is, is a phenomenon that occurs throughout the Christian church, but it's not necessarily the biggest important." thing and paul says no like there is a nugget of value like seek for it as though you'd be panning for golden river and once you spot it if you grab it there is it's a treasure paul views it as something vastly important um instead of something that's oh
1: we have it awesome if you don't no big deal this is such, so interesting considering like there's a whole entire other uh you know Brothers and sisters in Christ who do not believe that that the spiritual gifts, uh, more specific, the supernatural ones, right, the relative, like the re- relative, uh, revelational, yeah, revelational gifts, uh, or the supernatural, like you know, speaking in tongues or that of uh, the gift of prophecy, have ceased today. And it's like, wait, so what do you do with this passage? Do you does it not like apply it to Christians today? Yeah,
0: so. Like, People base, um, and cessationists have a thought process in which they go through, right? Um, And it's not only based on one specific passage, but uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is used quite heavily. And it talks about love and how love never ends. But verse 8 and on, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'll read it quickly. Uh, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. Then I shall know fully, even as I am known, have been known fully. So now, faith, hope, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so, the hermeneutic that is used by cessationists in this particular passage, um, they would define the thing that comes, which is perfect, which makes prophecies, tongues, And knowledge pass away would be the closing of the canon and what I mean by the closing of the canon who are not familiar with that terminology is the canon was the completed revelation of God's word in other words when the book of Revelation was finally written by by John and um, there was no necessary additions to the law and the prophets and the revelation and the New Testament all that was finally complete that is when god stopped speaking through prophecy so, more importantly uh, it would you, you could chime in but more importantly they define prophecy as the authoritative not only authoritative but um, infallible. infallible and specifically the direct word from god that must be recorded as the word of god there's no there are no other categories for prophecy that they would find which, I would argue, is not necessarily scriptural. But, before you say, um, we were going to say one more thing is, the um, the thing that the perfect that is to come is this canon for them as they interpret it. I would disagree with that and say, the perfect is the second coming of Jesus Christ when we do actually behold him face to face in our glorified body. When we actually experience his presence fully and we fully know him as he's fully known us. the representation of the bride of Christ and the groom finally getting together and becoming, um, you know, the rejoicing party in heaven. And one more small caveat, um, as knowledge, it will pass away. Um, I don't know how they will define or interpret that specific word knowledge. I assume they mean like the charismatic gift of the word of knowledge this part of the charismatic gifts because it seems that like it says prophecy, tongues, and the word of knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I don't think those three are passed away because Christ has not come yet. And it's talking about the one who comes perfect. It is. It is. It seems as though it's referring to a a face, right? See him face to face. We don't see the word of God face to face. The word of God is just the word of God. It is not him. It's a representation of who he is but it is not Christ himself, the incarnate Christ. The Word became flesh and dwell among and that is who we refer to as our authority. Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: Yeah, no, I was going to bring... I was also going to bring up uh, how it says in verse 12, right? For I know in part, then I shall f- know fully, even as I have been fully known. Uh, I don't... I guess you would have to do that very... uh. You would say oh it's not a literal thing it's not saying we shall fully you know when it's talking about the bible if if you say that it's just the bible then it's like oh we shall fully know what they'll say the bible probably
0: yeah and there are very prominent names on both sides for example john macarthur rc Sproul would be on the side of the cessationists whereas someone like a john piper uh, a matt chandler uh uh those guys would be on the side of the continuation of the gifts and so there's uh a a big discussion that always constantly goes on
1: yeah what i noticed it's a lot of times just has to do with semantics because right if we define what it means to be cessationist and continuationist cessation right uh the ceasing of but what specifically because a lot of times uh Even as you and me, Nick, right, are continuationists. A lot of times, unfortunately, I hear charismatics or continuationists misrepresent the cessationist side. They say they don't believe in spiritual gifts. But that alone is not a correct representation. I mean, you could say that, but you're not being specific enough because cessationists do believe in that. There is spiritual gifts for today. But it's more specific about... The spiritual gifts of tongues, of prophecy, the 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 gifts the gift of miracles and st- things that were specific uh, specifically appointed to uh, of the apostles. They would say the apostolic age, yeah,
0: yeah. And there is difficulty with that, even because when Paul writes about the gifts in Corinthians chapter twelve, he mixes and mas- matches the list and he interlaces the charismatic gifts with. Gifts of administration and teaching, and so it's a it's a I would say the burden of proof would be on the cessationists, um, yeah. rather than people who do believe what prophecy is. Now, speaking of prophecy, uh, to make a couple of distinctions about prophecy and prophets, I'm not going to go into. Maybe you can chime into the difference between like the office of the prophet and prophecy as a gift. Uh, it seems like our charismatic friends that are. Um, Ultra charismatic would have uh, specific definitions for those. But I, I don't think the Bible necessarily um, cares about that in regards to, you know, specific offices and the differentiation between like every, every, every church should have a prophet, quote unquote, and then other people might have the gift of prophecy. Well,
1: yeah, well, then it goes into the discussion of like, they, you know, like they would say that in Ephesians 4, I forget the exact passage, but that the apostles and the prophets and evangelists and teachers, this is the foundation of the church. And I'll be like, yes, that is true. But, right, you don't rebuild a foundation once again once the apostles, have la- it says that the apostles have laid down the foundation. Like, how many times do you lay down a foundation if you're building a, a house?
0: Yeah, and... Uh, on top that to distinguish Old Testament prophets uh versus New Testament prophets, you see prophets like um Jeremiah hosea ezekiel isaiah um, Moses Moses, but specifically uh those who are characterized as prophets, Hosea had to demonstrate that he was a prophet through his life by marrying a prostitute i don't I don't think God calls us to do that today, right um I believe, man, I and can't recall if it was Isaiah or Ezekiel. He was supposed to walk around naked to uh, demonstrate the nakedness of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I keep on mixing up Isaiah and Ezekiel. Was supposed to cook his food on dung or poop for those who don't know what dung is, in order to demonstrate what, what the the circumstances in which uh, Israel found themselves in, and these individuals were specifically instructed by God to write down the proclamation of God's word to Israel. And they were also demonstrating their prophecy, living it out literally and metaphorically in their lives. And so, I don't think that necessarily applies to the New Testament today because we no longer have a need for that. And the canon is, in fact, closed. Like, we don't get new revelation. In regards to that kind of prophecy, and so I find uh, an interesting distinction that John Piper makes. John Piper says, "Well, there are prophecy in which you just speak the word, of, the word of God, as you're preaching, and something just comes to mind and you say it, and you don't even know that that's potentially influential or meaningful." Yeah. He had a specific event in which he was preaching, and he said, "Well." If you work on the thirty-fourth floor of this particular building, you should probably consider opening a Bible study as an example in a sermon for a woman. And then a woman came up after the service, like, "I work on the thirty-fourth floor of that specific building," and I was wrestling to see if I, you know, wrestling about opening up a Bible study. And John Piper yeah. uses this as an example in which. He didn't know that was prophetic. He didn't recognize that with some kind of supernatural feeling of of the spirit coming on. He was just preaching at his pulpit. And God used him in order to proclaim a specific prophecy to that woman. That prophecy, quote, 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 unquote, was not authoritative as a new revelation. But it was an encouragement that God used to that particular woman applying to that person's life. And I think a lot of charismatics would define prophecy in that way.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then there's an opposite where people claim that they directly know when God speaks, and they hear God's voice, and they know exactly what to say and who exactly to say it. Um, I am much more skeptical of those people because they claim a much higher authority than John Piper saying, I'm just faithfully preaching God's word, and if the Holy Spirit uses me to say something prophetic, awesome, you know? Uh, in other words, the, the people who say, well, God spoke to me directly, and here's what he said, there's a lot more weight to that because they're actually claiming to speak for God. And yeah. if they're uh, foretelling the future, perhaps, saying, hey, this is what's going to happen to you in your health, or this is the kind of job you're going to get, or this is the situation that's going to occur in your life. Um, if that doesn't pan out, there should be significant ramifications and um, accountability for that person. Yeah.
1: And it it becomes even more dangerous if you, um, if you would hold to the position that, uh, like I've been told this before when I was calling out someone on their, like a a popular preacher, forget who it was, like Kenneth Copeland or Benny Hinn or someone like that. And they were telling me like, well, there's a danger in doing that because, uh, in doing that, uh, you might be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because, like, if that prophet's actually talking in uh, with the authority, right, of God, the liter- like, the words of God, then you can be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And I'm I'm just saying, and then I, I respond, are you, do you even know what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is? That's the unfor- unforgivable sin. And then it puts an unbearing uh, fear, right? Doesn't it put just, like, this, like, all of a sudden, like, this fear that you're actually you can't question anything that a uh that a that a man of god supposedly says.
0: Yeah. And you have you have stories uh, I believe you talked about in which you experienced some um, interesting possibly untruthful or um <laughs> mysterious prophecy in your time with just Bible school and, and in general and that in that kind of movement.
1: Yeah. Uh before I go into that, I just wanted to like re- respond to that like idea that we can't question what some what a prophet or any any Christian says. Like what did the Bereans do when Apostle Paul, apostle who wrote the scriptures, they tested every single thing that he said by the scripture. It says that they were found noble. Yeah, they were
0: accommodated for their search diligent their diligent search through the scriptures. They
1: didn't Right, they had good faith in what he was saying, like but they test it, right? Trust but verify. <laughs> exactly, and so if you're gonna test Apostle Paul, like person who wrote Scripture who was taught by by Jesus Himself, I'm not afraid to test any 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 person, any Christian, and that's not that's not me being proud or anything. That's just what Scripture says. Do you have Do you have the
0: passage from Thessalonians open? Yeah, you, you want to read it because that that's directly from Thessalonians.
1: Yeah, so it says First Thessalonians five nineteen, uh, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And so, right, there's this command. It's very
0: straightforward, as, as almost as though it was meant to be used, right?
1: Yeah, and there's this the, right. There's two extremes, right? There's people that are saying, "Oh, we're gonna despise prophecies." We're because of the abuses, probably, because like. You know right this this comes down to like someone's experience doesn't it but we must test it like but it could test it according to what like if anything does not align to scripture then we could definitely line out any kind of prophecy right we hear these stories like my mom was telling me like oh this woman or like so there's these rumors talking about that Christ will come in the next five years and it's like uh, doesn't the Bible say, didn't Jesus himself say even the Son of Man doesn't even know the day or the hour. Only the Father knows when the when Christ will come back.
0: Yeah, it, there are very um, interesting things that occur when people claim to have the authoritative Word of God. For example, I was speaking with my cousin Igor just about the subject recently before this, and he mentioned um, that his parents and just the the generation of his parents had a very interesting counter prophecy because they used to have prayer in, in the Soviet Union, and it was very common at these prayer meetings that people would prophesy and point out people's sin mm. and people were terrified to go to prayer meetings because they thought their sin might be found out. Right. And so that, that takes shape too, which is like, what if God does point out their sin? Um, I think it might nec- not necessarily be appropriate in front of the large group of people, you know, maybe individually, or maybe it is proper to point out
1: someone's sin that is sinning and, Unrepentant yeah. and has been warned multiple times. I mean, that's what First Corinthians fourteen says. So we know that it's it's not something that's out of the question. It's yeah, and it's, it's not satisfy the body. Yeah, it's not something out of uh, just experiences based on scripture.
0: Yeah, and I, I like the, the the duality that you mentioned there because uh, the end of chapter fourteen in Corinthians says this: If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you for a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but do all things, all things should be done decently and in order. And that's the uh, the divide, right? Uh, Paul says, do not forbid to prophesy or to speak in tongues or actually seek earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid his speaking tongues. Yeah. And so the char- the the, the charismatics continuationists attach themselves to that verse and like, Of course. And then the cessationists say, but do all all things should be done decently and in order? And clearly there is a lot of um, difficulties and challenges that occur in regards to that verse in the charismatic movement. There's sometimes no order or at, at all and things are very indecent. And so clearly that disproves that any of these people are actually spiritual or, or, or truly prophesy. And I would agree, like, there's a burden of proof in regards to people's lives. If, if you speak the Word of God or you claim to know that God is encouraging someone through you, you must have weight of your works and the way you live to back that up.
1: And if you don't,
0: well, why would I trust that you anything you say is, is from the Holy Spirit? Yeah.
1: If someone comes up and says... Well, I have this word from God, and but if someone else says you're in, interrupting the the flow of this of the service, well, what do you do it then? And then, but then you remember that the fruit of the spirit. What is it? it? Is to be patient, right? It's to have self control. It's to be gentle. It's to uh, meekness, right? Or
0: meekness is not the fruit of the spirit, but yes, meekness is part of patience and self control and faithfulness and gentleness. Yeah, I think it might be a different gentleness translation. and meekness
1: might be might be interchangeable there. Yeah. Yeah. But right to be humble to be patient what is that in comparison Or self control like like can i look at your uh, service and when like when people gather together like is there self control in what you can do to control your emotions
0: yeah and there seems to be um a challenge with accountability in slavic circles how many times have I, have I heard that california is supposed to be underwater by now from from slavic preachers How many times have I heard that all the Slavic community that migrated to the United States is supposed to be somewhere in the desert in Africa by now? How many times have people claimed that the war in Ukraine was supposed to be over by now? How many people have uh, declared that famine will be throughout the entire world and uh, things will be apocalyptic by now? All those people are still out there and still prophesying and still hold just as much authority as they did prior to their false prophecy, and there's no accountability, there's no repercussions yeah. from the church, there's no church discipline. And that's really frustrating, because there should be, right? Um, we don't hold them, I mean, God forbid, we stone them like false prophets in the Old Testament. Um, no. We're under grace now, but at the same time, <laughs> that was a joke, uh, but at the same time, there should be a, a higher standard. Um, it, it's interesting that uh, I've mentioned this before, um, speaking with my cousin Igor again, that when uh, at, when we were growing up at the church, if we were in a prayer time, at a prayer meeting, and someone stood up to prophesy, everyone would, would hush, be silent, and be very reverent. And stand up. And stand up, but we're just just in general reverence, waiting God to, for God to speak. And once God spoke, we would pray and continue. Yet when the word of God was preached from the actual, like, the text of the Word of God was read, people would be blatantly ignoring it, would be on their phone, wouldn't be paying attention. And so they took the prophet, who's fallible, much more authoritative than the actual written-down Word of God. And so they had their hierarchy of what the Word of God is completely backwards. Mm-hmm. And that, that that does need to change. There is There should be more reverence from the written Word of God and there should be much less reference and more questioning about the prophecies that occur. Yeah, and if, one
1: one thing I wanted to say was like, if the if the word of God, um, you know, tells us to do something, then we should do it. Right, have self control. Like whenever we, whenever like, you know, if. What am I trying to say? Like when uh, when you say something uh, against, you know, a certain movement or a certain thing against the Slavic community, there is also things that we could talk about that are against, like there could be the exact same problems but in a different kind of context in cessationist circles, right? People that could be sinning by putting way too much emphasis on the the mind versus the emotions, right? The heart, the it's like they they could there's there's problems and things in every kind of circle, yeah. And so I don't want it to seem like we're just like you know bashing on one one thing like just just in every single charismatic church. So there's there's yeah. problems in every single.
0: But I think we are pointing out common issues that I I, I don't think I'm the first one to notice these. I'm just kind of, I'm almost stating the obvious in regards to um things that occur, you know, yeah, and uh, it would help people you know how nowadays everyone calls everything racists and and the word racism lost its meaning. yeah, if you have constant false prophecy in your church and in your community, eventually people stop caring whether you prophesy or not. Uh, there's a diminishment of the value when that
1: occurs yeah right. because when it does occur and it's legit then god's glorified and yeah. people are encouraged people are edified but when it's not like what happens people are discouraged or you know there's hurt there's pain and like we don't want to see that the, yeah and
0: again i think the the difficulty with prophecy is a lot of times in the community, there isn't an opportunity to question it. Going back to the authoritativeness of it, people hold the prophecy just as authoritative or more authoritative than the Word of God. And if you can't question the Word of God because it is, in fact, infallible, we, we as a creed believe that the Word of God is not— que- like, you don't question the Word of God. You trust and obey, right? That's That's what the Spirit of God does in us. We trust and obey the Word of God. We act upon it in our lives that's not the same thing as questioning and testing prophecies because um, we believe that there are categories of prophecy and there are hierarchies, right? Prophecy as in the Word of God, the authoritative written down Word of God, you can't question. It is in fact infallible and it is everlasting. Then there's prophecy as in proclaiming truth. That's what preaching is, right? That's another category of prophecy. A third category would be the the pushing or the unction of the spirit in order to possibly encourage someone in a situation that they don't know about. I mean you constantly hear stories even from Reformed people who are is like, I don't know. I just really needed to write down this amount of money in a check and send it to this address. Had no idea who it was, what it was for. I just had a feeling. Yeah. We, we charismatic would say, Well,
1: that's the word of God. That's prophecy right there. Yeah, that's a gift of prophecy and they would say cessationist like one of our friends nick they would be like no i wouldn't call it the gift of prophecy but he would say god can do whatever he wants yeah so then a lot of times it's like okay then this just a matter of different words at that point i like, think most
0: <laughs> christians believe that god pushes us speaks to us encourages us but it is not an unquestionable thing We do have to test. We have to reassure. And most of the time, God tells us things that he's already already written down in Scripture. Yeah. You know, he he just has to tell us a hundred times for it to finally click.
1: Like, you know, slap us in the face with it. Yeah. So, you know, like going in my experience, when I would get different types of prophecies to me, uh, more more when I was in the Pentecostal circles, uh, you know, I would get things talking to me like, you know, don't be discouraged. God sees that you're struggling. Uh, but, you know, just keep trusting. He he says to keep trusting in what he says. Keep trusting that he knows how many hairs on your head and all these things. And I would be so encouraged by it. And, like, that person that was prophesying to me would say, like, you know, like, that was a gift of prophecy right there. What would
0: you say that was the gift of prophecy?
1: <laughs> Not in the term... If how you describe the gift of prophecy as like a revel, like a a thing that
0: revelatory, com-
1: yeah, a thing that comes to mind that that person wouldn't know, but something that that person would either be like encouraged by or warned by. Yeah, there like, might what- be, there might be broad
0: categories of prophecy, but they do have borders and parameters.
1: Yeah, like in First Corinthians fourteen, we see like that prophecy, like unbeliever would come and be confronted because their their sin would be exposed. And they would they would see, they would uh, God would use that to help them to repent to believe. Yeah. Uh, I think
0: uh, it's just an inadequate, maybe training or understanding of, of Christians in the charismatic movement. I mean, it's not we're, only we're, the charismatic... Well, I think it is a charismatic movement. Here's here's my uh, logic behind that. Uh, people in the charismatic movement aspire to prophesy as as they should, as every Christian should, because Paul mm-hmm. says, desire to prophesy earnestly. But it is a status, maybe a token gift, in which if you possess it, you are cool, might I say. And so uh, to actually prophesy is a um, unique experience that may may, make you look cool. And so when people do that, um, I don't think God is supernaturally giving them any kind of knowledge that that they can use. It is more coming up from their own experience or or the, the text they read that morning. Um, I would not say that that, that is prophecy. It's, it's encouragement. It's you reciting what you what comes from within your own mind. That might be been from the scriptures, but it's not prophecy as I find it in scripture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In regards, because because I could say, well, it is prophecy in the sense that uh, Reformed people say, because all Reformed people say prophecy is preaching, right? And you are preaching to your neighbor about the word of God, but they mean it in a, in a supernatural thing. There, there's something unique and mysterious going on. And that's something I also don't like because people characterize prophecy as mysterious, unique, and uh, mystical, which it shouldn't be. Like, it, it should be God spoke. Did the thing that God said occur? No. You were a false prophet. You, you did it incorrectly. You should probably change your mind and possibly have repentance in your heart for that. Did you speak something that came to pass? awesome that must have been the spirit of god moving in you it's as simple as that i think Mm
1: -hmm. when it uh when there's like something super broad and super general that's like prophesied to you it's interesting that it just kind of like when it's so such a broad prophecy like someone would say to me like super something super broad like god sees that you're suffering and he knows your pain you know it's like, well, that was kind of general because everyone Jesus has to Like everyone will be, like everyone will suffer as a Christian.
0: Like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe we should just start encouraging Christians and not call it prophecy. Why can't we just call it encouragement, right? But I guess
1: that's, that's a spiritual gift, actually.
0: Yeah, but people want the coolness of like oh, prophesied. Yeah. yeah. and that that there's a it, culture in that.
1: Well, that that that's what happened when I was kind of a young Christian I had this uh almost like I'm a very emotional person and when I when I when I feel like like this feeling or something you know then that that's when you have like there's a desire to want to know that God exists and that you want to like see some kind of more evidence but sometimes it's not always good like sometimes you sometimes you just want like a uh god to show you more evidence through like a prophecy like like let me go to this
0: you mean like the pharisees who say (laughs) show us proof and he said you will not get any proof other than the sign of jonah which was referring to the resurrection of jesus christ himself but hey they didn't care right they just wanted a sign from heaven
1: yeah that's when i that's when i i i'm starting to realize that it was probably sinful because i wasn't trusting in what god had said like if Second Timothy 3, 16, 17 says like, this is what the word of God is you know, that, it's that the man of God all all Scripture is God breathed it's it's for pro pro for teaching for rebuke for, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete. Not la- like that not may, lacking be, anything. Yeah, lacking in any work, good work. It's like, wow, that that makes me realize that if I wasn't to ever get a... A prophecy from a brother that would be an I would still be complete for every good work because the word of God is power is is good for every good work, like
0: yeah, and so when people say thus saith the Lord that's k g or, or this is in Russian people say that um there becomes a lot more weight upon the responsibility you hold one as an individual who says that. And two, the diligence that we should, as the Bereans did, um, the diligence we should have in order to observe and um, follow through with making sure that whatever that person said has weight and actually comes to pass. And if it doesn't, there should be a conversation about accountability. I think so many people go just under the radar and have no accountability for what they say at church, right? And it seems constant, and again, I think that diminishes the actual very gift of prophecy.
1: Yeah, it's, it was interesting. Like this kind of changed my view on prophecy when I, I don't know. What do you think about this? When something about this quote that some guy, some preacher made, like if I was to never get a like a supernatural dream or revelation prophecy from god i would still be i would still be satisfied in in christ like you said complete yeah because i have i have the more sure the word made more sure
0: uh what does peter say um oh jeez i I spaced out we have all things for life and godliness Mm -hmm. is that is that peter i believe that's peter i'm very good at remembering do do you think that but that's actually
1: do you think that's actually referencing the bible though because I I feel like it's a little bit out of.
0: Let me be out of context this one time, Tom. I, I the reason is I don't recall what what specific passage that was from.
1: What do you think about like uh the argument for what cessation to say, uh, you know they bring up Hebrews that like in many, Hebrews one verses long ago at many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son whom He appointed the heir of all things,
0: and then His Son died, was risen from the dead, went and ascended to the right hand of God, interceding for us and on our behalf, and sent the third person of the Trinity, who indwells us, and had given gifts to those who follow him. And one of those gifts happens to be a prophecy, which should be sought earnestly, according to Paul. That's that's not my words, that's Paul's words, so take it up with him, right? And I believe some people, a lot of uh cessationists who believe that Paul wrote Corinthians also believe that Paul either spoke or verbalized Hebrews as well. So it's the same author, right? And so how do you harmonize that? Not put those at odds. Um, Yes. God did speak in many ways through many prophets. Hence we have the book of prophets, uh, all the, you know, the books of the prophets, the minor, the major. And then God did speak through his son when he walked in this earth and the word did become flesh. Um, but at the same time, we have constant category differences in the way we have New Testament prophecy in Acts. Acts has multiple um, specific events in which there are prophecies that are not written down as as scripture. They're just mentioned that these people prophesied or this was a yeah, prophet. Yeah,
1: because the cessation will be like, well, you just got a prophecy. Why didn't you write it down? Yeah. It's like, well, there's many prophecies in the New Testament, like you just said in Acts, that weren't written down. What do you do about those?
0: And so we have to be wise enough to make category differences in the way we read those specific passages. And, you know, my fundamental beef with the cessationists is is that uh, Acts was not only a foundation, but also a blueprint in the sense that uh, we could imitate what Paul writes about um, later on in his epistles that occur in Acts and try to compare. Okay, Paul did write, in fact, write to us about um, prophesying and speaking in tongues and the works of miracles and administration. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell us any direction whatsoever about how to write scripture, right? There, there's, <laughs> there's no directions. And, hey, this is how you write scripture. So I would assume the things that Paul tells us or gives us direction and guidelines for, we should try to participate as Christians. And the things he doesn't give us guidelines for or pushes us toward, there's no reason to try to strive for those, right? Like, I don't know any Christian that earnestly should strive to write scripture. That'd be heretical because <laughs> yeah. the canon is, in fact, closed. And so, um it just, I guess, a lot of it has to do with hermeneutics and how you interpret scripture. But I do land on the side of not only open but cautious. But Paul was not open but cautious. Paul was a participant in the gifts. Now, um, if you if you talk about that, like me personally, I don't prophesy. Uh, I question if I speak in tongues. Right, each individual has that hurdle to get over, like in regards to being a cessationist, being continuous. But if you trust the word of God, the word of God does say earnestly desired the gifts.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts, according to this topic? Um, get more involved in, in in your
0: church. Hold people accountable, not in in a way where you want retribution, but in a way where you want clarity. Don't say, "Hey, you prophesied wrong and this never happened, and so you should be reprimanded." But come up and say, "Hey, uh, you said this, it didn't happen. The Word of God says that's inappropriate, wrong, and sinful." Because you spoke for God, and God did not say that, or if He did, God is so weak that He can't possibly bring to pass what He says. And so uh, we want we want logicians in our church to to logically go through Scripture and hold people in each other accountable for not retribution or punishment, but the growing of the church. So people become more perfect in the way they use the gift of prophecy or in the way they um, communicate with others and, and admonish, encourage, and um church discipline each other
1: yeah like you know where it talks about first Corinthians fourteen like let them weigh what was said let first corinthians fourteen twenty nine mm-hmm. let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said would you say if you prophesy wrongly you're a false prophet I use
0: it in the sense that you said something that didn't happen. I I don't I don't mean to make it a categorically big deal. Like, oh, you're a false prophet. and You should be stoned according to the Old Testament law. Um, rather than, um, if you said something that was untrue, fess up. That's called lying. Yeah. And and if you said it was from God and you didn't know it was from God, you still said it was from God. Like we don't we don't need these semantic games. Admit you're at fault or admit you messed up. And, and you know don't hold. People go, hold, hold a grudge against that person. Be be cautious of them because track records do establish things, right? Trustworthy people do trustworthy things. Yeah. but there is a big issue in the uh, not necessarily the Russian and Slavic Pentecostal community, but like Bethel, the Bethels of the world, where um, the prophet is not to be questioned at all. And I think that's absurd. I think that's uh, ill-gone authority. That is not. That is not the authority that's placed upon that person in Scripture. There needs to be accountability for that person to be, uh, you know, questioned and to make sure that if they claim to be a prophet, they better sure act and speak truth.
1: Do you think this brothers and sisters in Christ should say, thus saith the Lord in the in the New Covenant? Like- to each his
0: own. I wouldn't. <laughs> Why not? I don't want that kind of responsibility in my life. I, I do agree with the, the, you know, reformed people like John MacArthur and Paul Washer. If you say, thus saith the Lord, the words, the next words out of your mouth better be written down in scripture. Because God, in fact, did say that. And I would, I would take a more of a John Piper approach when a prophecy comes like, hey, this is what I feel, or this is what I think God is saying, you know, hear, hear. Or sometimes you don't even know. Yeah. Um, so be cautious in that regard, because um, I mean, again, there's categories for that.